0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the View from Jamestown Podcast Edition. This is episode 84. And this morning, we have two special guests here with us. Um, I think one of our more, more popular outside podcast guests, which is exciting, from Perstorp. Uh, so we have Todd Jones and Martin Hansen. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to have you guys here. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thank man. you. Thank you for coordinating the white shirts. Really, you know, <laughs> go, 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 will help our marketing efforts here. It looks, looks nice and concise. Um, but yeah, glad to, glad to have you guys here at the office. Glad to have some outside guests here in person in a, a post COVID world. We had a lot of digital guests and things like that, so it's nice having you guys uh, here in the offices with us.
1: Likewise, yep.
0: <laughs> um, it's just to, just to kick things off, um, it'd be great to hear a little bit more about you know your guys' roles with Perth-Storp, um, as well as get into some of the company backgrounds for anyone who may not be familiar with. So. I'll let you guys hash out who'd like to jump into it first, but, uh, yeah, an introduction on you guys both would be great.
2: All right. So I'm, um, uh, Martin Hansen, uh, business manager for, uh, uh, plasticizers globally with the Perstorp, um, been with Perstorp for three years, um, and, uh, been yeah, some 20, 25 years in the chemis- chemicals industry, um, and in commercial roles before. Um, and, uh, well, um, We're a global organization. Um, I'm based in Sweden, um,
1: where the headquarters are. Yeah, I'm Todd Jones. Uh, I've been with PerStorp 26 years, so I'm a short timer. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I've had a variety of roles. Right now, I'm a global key account director and regional sales manager, and I guess I've been active with TCC since 2016, I would think selling mostly plasticizers with you.
0: And for anyone who's not familiar with that, obviously I know PerStorp, a very large organization with a lot of different divisions and business units and things like that. Um, you know, we'd love to hear a bit about PerStorp in general as a company, as well as obviously the the business units that are specific to the business we do together and, and you know, what might be relevant for those listening.
2: Sure. Uh, well, so PerStorp per, per as a such, uh, is a Swedish company, as I said. Um, we, um, we were founded around... 141 years ago. So quite some while ago. um, We evolved. um, From being a very local company. In the plastics industry. um, Making innovative plastics. um, And then into. A global. um, Specialty chemicals company. um, That we did over. You know. Quite a few decades. Um, So. I'd say right now we have a, quite a big uh, global reach uh, with uh, a plethora of various uh, business functions. Um, so outside the plastics, we would say we would evolved into um, uh, resins and coatings, uh, engineering fluids, um, and um, the animal nutrition markets as well. I would say that the plasticizer focus um that we have is is um is in America's um and, and europe. And uh I would say that uh in general we we cover the, the most of the the major vinyl applications uh, with the plasticizers. Um I don't know if you want to fill in there uh Todd on something.
1: Yeah I don't have a ton to add. Uh you did mention the focus segments, uh engineered fluids is one. Um a lot of growth in that area. You're talking aviation, refrigeration. Uh, a lot of that's driven by mega trends. Um, and then a very mature segment, resins and coatings. Uh, that was really, if you take my history of over a couple decades, I spent all of my time in resins and coatings 20 years ago. Now it's, it's a focused area, but certainly I've branched out had to learn the plasticizer business a few years ago. I even dipped my toes into ag <clears throat> and other uh, what we call complementary products.
0: Megatrends, I like that word. I'm going to put that in a big letters or something. I like that. Do you come up with that or is that is that a, is that a per store company word, megatrends? Like is that it's in our
1: company presentation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like it that. is. I like that. You know, obviously I've been here 6 years, so I guess pretty much right in the beginning of I think I started in 2017, so I've seen the relationship grow and the business grow and whatnot, which has been great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you get this question a lot, and it's probably quite a complex question to answer, but obviously we're sitting here right about mid-November, so we're reflecting back on how the year has been. Seems like maybe the, the tail of two halves of the years with you know, the first half of 2022 looking kind of drastically different than the second half of 2022, um, but I'm sure you're starting to get a lot of questions in, in planning, both internally and externally, for next year um obviously there's a lot of talk about demand and certain applications being weaker or stronger than others people throwing around the recession word whether we're already in a recession or heading towards a recession um but i guess in general kind of how how has business in general been and what are you starting to talk to customers and and you know both internally and externally for what the outlook for you know next year is
1: i think martin and i have spent some windshield time already this week and and we've We've discussed this. One common thread when we're discussing it is the lack of visibility in, into next year, um, and part of that is that we have so many different segments. So then you try to put your finger on: are people destocking, restocking, and, and what is the actual real demand? And and it varies. We've got some segments where people have been short product for two years and are, are simply trying to rebuild inventory they're still in supply security mode. We've got other segments where people are more comfortable with supply and are willing to run their inventories lower. So I I think we're trying to make a lot of customer contact and and really get uh, a a feel for, and I I just said it, the real demand.
0: Yep. And I guess that's an interesting question. Obviously we're coming out of a, Two, three, four-year period of people buying all the raw materials they get their hands on. You know, tight supply coupled with demand being crazy. during COVID and low interest rates and all that good stuff. And kind of back in that pivot where you gotta figure out, like you said, what the what the actual demand is. What what is it? You know, demand under normal circumstances if people can get mostly whatever they want and how higher interest rates and things like that factor into it. It's quite the quite the equi- uh, equation. Sounds like you guys are trying to put the pieces together for. Him. And I
1: think Martin might be able to touch on this a, a little bit. Some of these trends, um, Europe might be two or three months in advance of what we're feeling. Uh, clearly, they felt the, you know, the the energy impact. You know, for us, that started back in the spring. Um, it, we, we've been a little bit insulated from that in North America, and I, I don't know if you have a feel for a more global perspective than I offer.
2: Yeah, well, from a European perspective, and the let's say the gas, natural gas um, pricing, and the 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 availability of natural gas in Europe, uh, that's been almost an overarching um, issue during the whole year. Um, it started off quite as a difficult and uh, theme, a difficult topic in, in the beginning of the year, um, where a lot of sentiment in the market was that well we're going to have uh, supply shortages of natural gas um and 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 then ultimately the um, uh, the gas prices they skyrocketed um and what we've seen in the last few months is um, you know return back to more normal levels i would say in natural gas and that comes hand in hand with the warm weather in Europe we we've seen Seen it here I, I heard as well and in, in this part of of, uh, of the states um but also we we have seen um, uh, quite uh, filled filled up full um, inventory levels of natural gas in Europe um, We also have seen um, say LNG vessels being parked uh, you know at different terminals uh, not being even able to offload their their loads uh, due to uh, you know the inventory levels being that high so that has then been reflected in the prices as well um but on top of that now we we see that the winter is coming so um again speaking about visibility um we don't know where where this will take us but in terms of supply um the inventories in europe are are full right so supply shortage or not i think it's a matter of price in the end uh, in europe at least
0: yeah yeah it's kind of an interesting trend obviously that. In- as we were coming into fall, there was a lot of concern about energy levels and natural gas supply in Europe and prices went through the roof and then it actually gets to where you're approaching cold weather and all of a sudden energy prices both here and in Europe fall off a cliff. It mm. was an interesting trend. Um, and like we talked about a little while ago, it's interesting that you know prices are going back up but gas supply seems long. So sure. that'll be an interesting factor to, to put into place with what that's gonna mean for actual energy prices as it comes into the cold months, I suppose. Mm. So that's kind of the, the biggest thing you guys have been spending a lot of time on, just figuring out what what demand is going to be next year, putting all these pieces into place, and hearing from different customers and segments what what things are looking like. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, it really has, and also you know we we did have some recent news, um, Patronus's acquisition of Perstorp. It closed in mid October. Um, very exciting for us. Um, a, a lot of unknown, and and really. Uh, our focus has been to keep our minds on the day-to-day business and not to speculate about what this what this means, but uh, so far it just seems like a very good fit for us.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like, obviously, PurseRub has, for quite a while now, put the emphasis on sustainability and sustainable products and things like that, so it sounds like that was a big part of the Patronus acquisition.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's really part of our fabric right now.
2: Hmm.
0: With certain segments, have you seen any differing news on, I know you said certain business units are doing a bit better or worse than others in terms of the outlook for, I guess, on the demand side for next year? Have you certain, seen certain kind of key segments doing better or worse than others exceptionally, or is it all kind of the same trend of just sort of figuring out what the normal demand looks like?
2: I think, again, from speaking about the European perspective, let's say the the, the automotive industry has been lagging behind for quite some time due to the chip shortage. Yep. Um, and We've seen in the last few months that the chip shortage has eased a little bit. So um, we're uh I think that is going a little bit better but short term. Um so on the other end we have the consumer demand, right? And driving the the value chains in, in the automotive industry as well. So um yeah, again speaking about the visibility, it's difficult to to judge where that will take us in the end. But um I see both let's say positive and a bit negative um you know Trends on on the automotive industry, but that has been you know quite lukewarm over quite some time. Yeah. Uh, then I think that the construction industry in general in Europe um, has has been doing well for some time, unusually well. Uh, but then after the summer, it has been been uh, you know softening as well.
0: Yeah. Have you seen any difference in residential versus commercial, or do you sort of just see it as one one unit? Yeah, I think you can can look into
2: the details there as well, but um, it depends on, on on the country's country level as well uh, in in Europe, um, but but in general the um, the residential has been has been uh, the whole DIY market has you know uh, totally stopped I would say, yeah. um, whereas the bigger larger projects are still running uh, until the end of this year and then when the winter comes then you have uh, a little bit of a low season again and then it picks up in the spring
0: sure. right but uh, here in the U.S.? Have you seen similar things?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look into the, the resins and coatings segment in particular, you know, throughout COVID, you really had the packaging um, segment and industrial that really propped up the coatings industry. You know, you think about the changes in packaging. All of a sudden, people uh, weren't consuming beverages at restaurants. Uh, you know, they were using cans and bottles at home. You know, so that really, uh, it was almost... The hedge against automotive slowing down, and then DIY, people had time to paint their homes and, and even hire contractors to do so. Uh, so. So now, you know, you asked a little bit about what's the outlook. If people have already done all these projects, how's it going to look for the coming months? Sure. Unknown, again, lack of visibility.
0: Um, getting a little bit more specific on things, so obviously, two of the core products are really, you know, the, the biggest historical product we've done together is obviously the DPHP plasticizer sold in a variety of different applications here in the U.S.
1: That's Ameltein One Hundred Ben. Thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> okay, i was just making sure you're going to correct me. That was yeah. a, that, that was a test and you passed. It's all about our <laughs> trade name, of course. Um, in general, how has how has the Ameltein uh, One Hundred been on the supply side, and what's the outlook for for next year? Do, is that one of the ones that's been caught up and really been a, a strong product throughout throughout COVID, or how has how you know how are things on the DPHP specifically? Well,
1: we had the lengthy turnaround earlier in the year, sure. so that obviously constrained our supply, and that lengthy turnaround uh, came right after the spike in energy costs. So now we're going to get back to assessing uh, again the real demand and. Quite frankly, we've got to rebuild our customer base. Sure. Uh, I know you're in the same mode with our product. Yep.
0: And what are some of the key... So if, for anyone that's maybe not familiar with DPHP specifically, um, you know, what are some of the key end uses that the DPHP goes into?
2: It's mainly into wires and cables, sure. um, roofing membranes. Um, again, speaking about the automotive industry, yep. um, automotive interiors. Uh, and to a certain extent, also uh, adhesives and sealants. Um, so those are the, 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 key segments, um, for,
0: for MLT 100. Yeah. And that's one of the, I guess, key examples of kind of looking to see what the demand's going to look like next year, as you see what automotive is going to do and construction is going to do sort of a, a wait and see and, and see what the, the demand looks like for next year in those segments. Absolutely. So,
2: but you're also right that like you said before looking more into the detailed, uh, picture out of construction, you know, what what's actually going on at the different uh, sub segments there. Sure. And, and how will how they're faring uh, be known during next year
0: yeah yeah and one of the more exciting products we've been working on um as a company and obviously you know together has been the, the Pevolin, um, which we've been working together over i guess a good couple of years now um i don't know if you want to maybe introduce Pevlin and the various Pevlin pro grades um you know what it is where it comes from why it's such a great product um you know speaking from if if someone's completely unfamiliar with with Pevolin as a product you know give us the give us the elevator pitch
1: well the elevator pitch for Pevlon is it is a true non-phthalate plasticizer and it's a general purpose plasticizer it shouldn't be uh, considered only for specialty applications um, it, it's for broad use and one thing about Pevlon that people should remember we are a producer of phthalate plasticizers, Emeltine 100. But that doesn't slow us down on developing Pevlin, a non-phthalate alternative. Uh, Do you want to speak to the progrades of probably both products?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the progrades, um, we started off quite early in Perstorp with launching uh, renewable or products based on renewable materials. Raw materials uh, under the um, let's say the uh, the brand pro environmental products. Um, so typically we have the uh, the names Pevalon Pro uh, and then a certain number, which then uh, shows the uh, say the percentage of renewable um, uh, content. And there we have uh, Pevalon Pro Eight. So that is an 8% uh, renewable content um, and 36. And then we are moving towards the 100 as well. So a fully renewable, true non phthalate uh, plasticizer, uh, general purpose plasticizer, which I think would be quite quite a unique uh, product in the market, uh, quite a unique offering, I would say.
0: And not only the sustainable piece to it, but obviously from a technical perspective, we've had multiple customers and people look at it and approve it and be excited about it based mm-hmm. on it as a, a a very strong technical product, not just this, obviously the sustainability piece of it is great, but then in and itself, it's a, a fantastic product as well, which I'm sure has made your life easier to to push for approvals and, and, and get companies to approve it.
1: It is easier. And and the one thing to remember about our pro grades, they're achieved through mass balance production. True. So they don't differ from our current grades of product. So, it debunks the argument of, oh, it's pro-environment. It's more expensive, lower quality. I'm going to have to sacrifice. Um, th- there isn't a sacrifice on quality and performance with these products. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So so the substance is the same. It is exactly the same chemical molecule in the end. Uh, so what we did was that we changed the raw materials, right? So biogas instead of natural gas, uh, and the bioolefins instead of the olefins. So that is a change we do when we do that within, let's say the traceable uh, and physical uh, chemical traceability uh, within the system there. Um, But you spoke about the performance uh, parameter as well. Um, Yeah, I think that it it gives an an incredible softness to PVC, um, something that we, when we compare with other plasticizers, uh, general purpose plasticizers, we just haven't seen that um, uh, with the others. Uh, we also um, distinguish this product. Distinguish itself by the low volatility and uh, low migration, uh, low water absorption as well, um, and also an excellent uh, UV stability. So those are the, you'll say, the um, major cornerstones. I would say about that product.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I think you gave it to me. There's, I have a little, like flipbook type thing that has various sheets of pvc produced that have you yep. know one's pebble and i think there's a couple others that it com- compares against and it really is amazing that that's a great feel little, it. Yeah. yeah that's a great little marketing thing yeah. to, to actually feel it, it you, yeah. you notice the difference yeah. you know the feel the the, the bending the bend. to it it's, yes. it's impressive hmm. i don't know where i got that thing from but if, if you guys aren't still making it you should because it's, it's, it's a really <laughs> great way to actually you know have a tangible thing that, that we have the we have more yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me but and, and the one thing about those booklets is they're what three years old? Yeah, and still performing. Sure, Never? yeah,
0: that's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, mm. I didn't think of that from that side. Mm. I play with it on my desk all the time on conference calls, so I, I'm <laughs> I'm doing my own little weather ability test. To it all right, as we sit there. Yeah. um No, two you know two two very exciting products. Obviously, the the emoteam 100 DPHP with the a much more mature market and bringing the pedal into market. um You know, I know it's it's an important product for you guys. I know you're doing things globally to really make Pevellyn a, a focused product and, and something you guys are pushing to really get approvals for and, and have used as a general purpose sustainable plasticizer, which is exciting. Yes,
1: definitely. And and we, we didn't share uh, as far as availability and the volumes we produce. We, we do have a plan in place to increase that, and which is very positive. And it does involve uh, investing in assets of, of the raw materials that make up the product.
0: Yeah very very exciting. Um, So I know we covered a bit about you know what you guys are seeing globally on the demand side and obviously into some of the product specifics. Is there anything else you guys would like to cover or or get out there or is that kind of a good wrap-up for you know the end of this year looking to next year on, on what you guys are seeing and starting to plan for on the supply and demand side of things?
1: No, I th- I, th- I think the second we make a projection about 2023, <laughs> the exact opposite will happen. I, you know, I I think I'm cautiously optimistic mm. in the segments that that, that I work in. Uh, really hoping for great things. Uh, really hoping uh, to gain more traction with TCC. If you take our journey with you back to 2016, I think we 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 said it was really a part of our quick to market strategy. Uh, to enter a market that we hadn't been in hmm. previously and you know through the last six years we've you know weathered a lot of market conditions that were challenging and and then some great times also so we'd really like to continue that sure the exciting times ahead right
0: yeah I couldn't agree more it's it's yeah. you know from from my perspective been a, a fantastic partnership and relationship and um, you know obviously with with the product and the supply chain on the purse side, and us you know handling some of the logistics and um, supply and all that, you know, on the on the U.S. side, it's been a great relationship. I'm excited to continue growing it both on the DPHB and the Pevlin products. So, I think uh, a lot of exciting times to come.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah.
0: So uh, you're making the making the rounds here through the U.S. for the next. Yep. You know, uh, have you? When's the last time you've been in the U.S.? Obviously pre pre COVID, I'm sure. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: So it's really brilliant to be here again. Um, and, um, yeah, good to have Todd it at the side. He's been a good driver. So. Yeah, he, he gets to spend, I don't know,
1: 12 hours in a car with me. I mean, You can
0: ask my family. That's always a treat. You'll be an expert on all Todd Jones sure. jokes. All Absolutely. The, he's got yeah. the, the one-liners. Too yeah. <laughs> bad it wasn't, if you came last week, it'd still be 70 degrees and sunny. You mm. came just in time for, apparently, winter to start, as sure. it started in the last 36 hours. Yeah. So, unfortunately, a little bit chillier here. Yeah. But any final uh, final thoughts, notes? No, not from my side. Perfect. Yep. Well, thank you guys. Glad you were able to you know make a stop here in Jamestown. It was it was great to see you guys in person. Glad we made some time to have you guys on the podcast. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll obviously share this on all our channels and and hope you guys will do the same. I think it's great. You know, there's a a lot of people. I'm sure having a lot of the same questions and thoughts and concerns about next year and what the outlook is. So it's it's great to another opinion on it and, and see what's to come, um, especially with Todd with you, you know, hyper-focused in the U.S. and looking at mm. things on the global basis. So it's a really sure. great perspective to see what's to come and what's happening, what you guys are keeping an eye on. So really appreciate your time. Really good to uh, talk with you guys and uh, hopefully have you on an uh, episode here soon to see how correct some of our predictions were.
1: All right. Look forward to it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Really okay. appreciate it. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Thanks, All Ben. Right.